Welcome to the Truly Nourished Podcast. My name is Rebecca Laurel Hill. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist and life wellness expert. This podcast has one mission, to help women heal their relationships with food and transform how they nourish themselves in body, in mind, and in soul. Each episode, we dive into teachings and tools that help you find your peace with food, more enjoyment living in and caring for your body, and more happiness and fulfillment in your life overall. If you're ready to feel like a truly nourished woman, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, beautiful listeners. Thanks for being here. Today's episode is all about barriers that need to be removed for you to feel like a truly nourished woman in your relationship with food in 2024, so that by the end of the year, you are living more vibrantly, more healthfully, more nourished, more free, more peaceful in all the ways. And one of the first first things I believe is important to do is celebrate or to acknowledge or to simply express gratitude for who you were in the past year, in 2023, for any area of your life. What do you want to thank yourself for from the past year? What are you most grateful to yourself for? Or what did you do for yourself that you're most proud of? So Reflect on something or many things that you want to thank yourself for because often when we enter a new year, we focus on what we have not yet done or accomplished or who we are not yet being or what we do not yet have, right? And it's so easy to overlook the positive things that you've done or the positive way that you've been in whatever area of your life. So think about what are you proud of? Maybe what challenge did you overcome or what change did you make in some way or what new thing did you start or what thing did you complete or say no to or what thing did you say yes to that was aligned for you or what did you shift or where did you go or who did you meet that you are happy to yourself for? Like something you did in your life in 2023 that you just want to be really proud of and acknowledge yourself for that. Allow the positive feelings of that to amplify you into 2024. Now I want to specifically focus on how to create your most nourishing relationship with food and what has to happen for that for all of us. So these are principles that each of us needs to pay attention to in our own relationship with food to have it be truly nourishing this year, if that's what we want. So the first is nourishing your body correctly. And what I mean by that is just your biology. And under that, we're paying attention to first and primarily before we can pay attention to anything else is our body's physical hunger, which means keeping your body biologically fed with plenty of energy, including all the things like carbs, fats, and proteins, to not have fear of any food group or type of food, to not cut foods out if you truly love them, unless you literally have an allergy that's going to make you sick if you eat something, but 
um, any other type of restriction is not going to have the effect that you want. If it's a food that you truly love and enjoy and it feels good for you to eat it in terms of how it brings you pleasure and how it feels in your body. Because if we don't honor our physical hunger in this way, our biological hunger, and don't keep ourselves fed in this most basic level in terms of our physiology and our satisfaction, it will trigger this desire and drive in us to overeat. And depending on each each person's body, there's always a certain level of too much hunger or too much deprivation that is going to cause you to not feel like you can regulate your food intake when you eat. So let's say it's too much hunger, like you're ravenous. When you decide to eat, it's going to be really hard to stop at that right comfortable level of fullness for your body. If you're over depriving yourself of something that you really love, you are going to crave it. You are going to, if you do allow yourself to have some, feel out of control very likely with it and want to overeat it. And most of us have this intention of wanting to eat moderately, not wanting to overeat. And we also want to stay conscious while we're eating so that we can stop at that most comfortable level of fullness. However, if we are not paying attention to this biological hunger that our body is always, you know, the signals that our body is always sending us, if we're not paying attention to that, throughout the day because we are stuck in a diet mentality or a restrictive mentality about food, we are going to get too hungry or too deprived for our body and overeating is going to be very, very likely and more problematic. And not only is this important for every person in the world to do this because this is just a biological thing that's happening, like this drive for food if we're not biologically fed. So it's important for every single person, not just you. But it is especially important for any person when you're rebuilding a positive, nourishing relationship with food and also your self-trust around food. Like if you have this experience of overeating a lot, especially, you know, maybe binging on certain types of foods. This is really, really important to rebuild your feeling and sense of control and self-trust around those foods. And that is why it's one of the foundational elements of creating your most nourishing relationship with food in 2024. The other important body or biological aspect related to this, the other side of it is to be able to then honor your fullness level, to be able to tune into the different levels of fullness, the signals that your body gives you at different levels so that you can stop when you're comfortably full and, you know, not wait till you're uncomfortably full. But then beyond that, let's say you know what this point is you have the awareness and enough connection to your body that you know what that level of fullness is for you, but maybe you don't always honor it, then the primary thing for you is learning how to trust that you can stop at that comfortable level of fullness. And part of being able to do that is being able to trust yourself 
that you will give yourself the foods that you desire. So going back to the first point, so not over-restricting quantity or types of food. Because once again, restriction will always drive overeating types of behaviors, emotional eating, stress eating, binge, however you describe it for yourself. And whether you get too hungry or whether it's because you're not allowing yourself certain types of foods because you have food rules, it will always put you into some sort of overeating behavior in some way or some sort of undesirable eating behavior that doesn't ultimately give you the satisfaction with food that you truly desire and also in your relationship with food. So you need to continuously and always be observing your body's signals that show you that, am I comfortably full? Is this the spot? You know, it's not every single day I eat till I'm the perfect, comfortable fullness. I will have days where I'm like, oop, I'm a little past that. But it's more, what are you doing most often? Are you living in harmony with your body most often? It doesn't have to be perfection. The other thing is if you don't know what comfortable fullness is for you, if right now you feel confused about that, like you can't really sense that for yourself or you can sense it, but you can't honor that signal. This is something that we do in the peace process. My program for helping you find your inner peace with food and your outer peace with food, inner peace being ending all the mental chatter and food anxiety and self-judgments and food worries in your head. Outer peace with food means ending any sort of overeating pattern, chaotic behavior with food that you're experiencing. It doesn't necessarily have to be an overeating pattern, but it just feels unproductive, maybe a little bit out of control or too stressful in your life, the way that you're relating to food. That is what the peace process helps you get over and step away from for the rest of your life. But getting back to fullness, at the most simplest level, it's about being present in terms of being able to connect to your fullness level in your body and the signal your body's giving you. It's about being present while you're eating. Sometimes that's the only thing we really need to practice is just being more present, turning off the distractions. Also being connected to your body. When we're more more present with ourselves, we're also going to be more present and connected to our body. And then also to food, you know, whatever food that you're putting into your mouth, to be aware that it's going into your mouth while you're eating. And so I know what it's like to like totally zone out when you're eating. And well, where did all that go? So Anytime that's happening, when we're not being fully present and mindful, it's going to make it very difficult to stop at that ideal level of fullness that our body likes to be at. So these are some of just the most simple practices that we all can continue to practice every single day, no matter where we are on our food journey, to help us feel more truly nourished. And also the other thing is, monitoring as you're being present with your food, how is this food tasting? Do I really want to continue eating it? Am I getting 
the ultimate satisfaction and pleasure from it still. Sometimes when we start eating something, it is very pleasurable, but then as we keep eating, it's less so, but we, we're like in that clean the plate club and things like that. Those are things we want to get away from. And also, how is my stomach hunger feeling? Like, how is my body at this moment in terms of my fullness? So looking at satisfaction that you're deriving from the food as you're eating it and looking at that literal physical sensation of fullness in your body and then deciding, is it time to stop based on what my body is saying? That's how you feel your fullness at the basic level. And another thing that plays into this, relating back to the first points that I was making, is being able to choose foods that are satisfying for you. So not depriving yourself like eating air foods or whatever sort of diety food or whatever sort of food rule you might have around preparing food that's most satisfying like you have all these uh sort of cooking techniques that are for weight loss or whatever they are you know making your food healthier so to speak or less uh fewer calories like all the things that we might do to manipulate our food preparation in a way that causes our food to be less satisfying and when we are not deriving satisfaction from our food we will much more easily also overeat it so that plays into feeling and honoring your fullness as well. And then another thing for our body that we need to pay attention to is something called body food congruence, which is the types of foods that feel best in your body, being able to tune into what that is for you whenever you eat and getting to know like, oh, these foods really feel good in my body. Like they give me energy. They agree with my digestion. They like all the things, like how is your body responding to the food after you eat it? The first hour, the second hour, the third hour and onward, like are these foods really working for your unique body? That's food and body congruence. And of course we want to keep fine tuning this. And also this will change over time too. Um, Sometimes foods that worked for us in the past don't work for us as well in terms of our body now. And so it's that willingness to always being open to change too or changing the way you prepare things so that your body feels its best based on what you're putting into it. So that's the next level. But really the first things that have to become well-practiced are honoring your hunger, honoring your fullness, And feeling in balance day to day in that way and just being more in tune with your body in that way and having a good understanding of, you know, what your ideal levels of hunger and fullness are so that you can stay feeling in balance with your eating. That's where we start. But then after that, we can then go to the next level of really working with different food choices and tuning into how certain foods feel in your body, what's most satisfying, what's most nourishing, what's most energizing to help you make the best food decisions based on the literal guidance of your body. So not according to any rules, you know, from outside, but or any 
prescriptions or recommendations from the outside world. But, you know, including for me, I would never tell a person how to eat. I'm always going to say, listen to your body. It's smarter than you. It's smarter than me. So that's what the body food congruence part is. And now being able to do all of this will require often shifts in our mind, which is what I'm talking about next. So the mind nourishment piece and part of that the mind nourishment that needs to happen is getting rid of diet mentality that you have. And what that means is no longer prescribing to the idea that weight loss has to happen quickly and easily and now and this year and all the things and this month, whatever it might be. It's about no longer prescribing to diet culture that is always promoting weight loss methods that are not allowing you to be a fully autonomous person. So once again, any sort of method that is not your body's method, it's not your body's guidance, it's not your body's responding and you being like, oop, data, okay, body talking, I'm listening. Anytime you're going out to an expert, to a program, to not that you can't receive information, but you always have to filter it through your body's wisdom, okay? So really getting rid of the diet mentality is essential to having a truly nourishing relationship with food. So if you do find yourself always falling into looking for an outside approach, an outside system, an outside philosophy, an outside strategy that's not your own body, but something that someone else is telling you, or that just the culture is telling you, or maybe family members, or anyone who's not you and your body. Um, if you're really allowing that to make your eating decisions for you and not your body, and if you're allowing that to determine how you approach food in your life instead of your body, these are things that need to get worked on so that you can have that truly nourishing relationship with food and also peaceful and easy and all the things. Um, so this could look like calorie counting, carbohydrate counting, macro counting. It could look like having your safe foods, you know, like the food rules, this is safe for me, but this is bad for me. Um, I can, and I can only eat these foods because I know that I won't lose control or this and that. Um, that's how an one way it could look, it could look like having certain times a day that you don't allow your seat, yourself to eat and you only allow yourself to eat at these other times a day, even though maybe you need to eat, like maybe your body is actually like, I would like to eat right now, but you're like, no, it's not that time on the clock yet. Um, or the other way of that is like not honoring your body. And so you're even eating when your body's not asking for food. That's the other aspect of that. And then falling. And because of that, then falling into diet mentality things to like restrict and kind of crack down on yourself. Um, it can look like changing how you eat. And this is kind of what I just mentioned to pay penance 
so to speak, for eating something you perceive as bad or wrong or eating in a way you perceive as bad or wrong. And now I have to restrict, crack down on myself, sort of punish myself for doing that. Um, That's diet mentality. It can be cutting back on food because you feel fat in your clothes. You're just not feeling good in your body. So you start doing things with your food um, as a way to try to cope with that. And maybe it can also look like you have something coming up in your life, maybe a special occasion you're going to, something you're going to be doing. So you start to do this cutting back on food in some way, whether it's quantity or the type of food. It's like you're in this unconscious diet because you have this event or thing coming up. Um, And that is diet mentality. It can look like drinking beverages instead of eating. So maybe you drink a lot of diet sodas or water or coffees or teas, however it looks. And even though your body's like, I want some real sustenance right now, I want some real nourishment. You're like, no, I'm just going to drink this right now and kind of eat later. You know, it's like this very subtle, restrictive diet mentality that's happening It can look like um, cutting out food groups. This is a pretty big one. Carbs, fat, whatever it might be. Gluten. Um, If you're a celiac or if you have a true intolerance where you get sick from gluten, absolutely don't eat the gluten. But I know there's a lot of people who do gluten-free because they want to lose weight and all the things. Um, Of course, these are individual things individual decisions. I'm not telling anybody how to eat, but it's a thing that people will cut out of their um, life out of food or body fears and diet mentality. And it can also look like eating one way in public and eating another way in private. This was a big one for me. (laughs) Um, I was like always eating one way in public and then another way in private. And that was a huge part of my eating disorder. Um, that's definitely diet mentality running your life. It can look like feeling sort of um, in competition with someone. It could be a friend or a family member or someone at the gym or just someone at work or anybody in your life, a spouse, a sibling, a a a son or daughter. I mean, it's, it can be anybody. It can just be you're in competition with the culture at large and the society who's, um, you know, we feel like we're always being judged for our eating, right? It's like, oh, so I have to uh, eat a certain way to be good enough, you know, to, to win this competition metaphorically. Um so that is all diet mentality. It, it, it can show up in a lot of different ways. And so you are with a group of people or you're with a specific per- person and you eat a certain way with them just to kind of put on um, a show, <laughs> so to speak. It's, and it's not really how you want to be eating and it's not how you eat when you're alone, that sort of thing. It can also look like self-judgment towards yourself about what you think you deserve to eat based on how you ate yesterday or earlier in the day. These, as I just went through, are all very specific examples of how diet mentality can look. 
in a person's life. And there's many others, but those are some common ones. Um, another one I should mention is it can look like becoming vegan or vegetarian. And, and I, I mentioned the gluten-free thing too, um, which is similar only for the purpose of wanting to change your body. Like I am a vegetarian, but I'm not a vegetarian. I never became that because I was trying to change my body. It was just a very natural progression for me coming from that boot, uh, food and body congruence part that I realized I felt so much better when I was eating vegetarian. And But, you know, so what I'm saying is, nothing wrong with being vegan or vegetarian at all, but we really want to make sure you're doing it for true reasons and not just because you're trying to use it as a strategy to change your body. And can also look like just being very rigidly healthy, like from the outside world, from our diet culture society, you might be the one that everyone's praising, oh, you eat so good, you eat so healthy, but alone in your life, you feel stressed because you feel like you have to be perfect with food all the time. And you're just so rigid with your food. And, you know, you might not even have a specific weight loss goal at all, but you have maybe a fear of weight gain or just a fear of food because you've heard foods are bad or this will give you a disease or something like that. So it causes you to be very rigid in terms of how you choose the foods that you eat. So to have a truly nourishing relationship with food, all that stuff has to go. So this, once again, is that mind and nourishment piece. We have to shift our thinking. And that's one of the ways, getting rid of diet mentality. And I just give you examples of how that can look in people's lives. Now, the next part of mind nourishment is food policing. The negative self-talk that you might experience in your head about your body, about how you eat or what you ate. So food policing is negative self-talk and self-judgments that you hear. It's the inner critic and mental chatter that you hear. It's um, always going to be maybe berating you or just scolding you or being like, oh, you shouldn't have done that or you shouldn't have eaten that or that was wrong or that was bad. And It can look like thoughts in your head also that say, oh, you were really good for eating that certain way. Oh, you did so good today. Really good. And then the other day is like, oh, you you failed today. You did bad. Um, That's food policing. And it's all these very unreasonable rules that diet culture has created that get stored in your head And you'll hear this chatter that's self-critical because of it. And it'll make you experience feelings of guilt about your eating or about your food choices or that I'm doing something wrong. And it might also make you feel guilty about your body and about things related to your body. That's all food policing. And we have to, of course, get rid of it because it's always unconsciously promoting a way of restricting yourself in some way. And sometimes it can be difficult to identify this inner chatter and inner critic because it can mimic 
maybe advice that you've heard out there somewhere, um, maybe people that you look up to, a health organization, a health authority, a person on social media, a coach that you've worked with in the past, a program that you've been in. It can just be like social media influencers in the health or weight loss or fitness space. Like we can get all these messages and then start to adopt them as our own and then start to use them to judge ourselves and criticize ourselves. And we'll think like, this is legit. This is something I really need to um, measure myself against, but it's not. There's really doesn't have to be any self-judgment <laughs> when it comes to our eating and food. There really doesn't. There's no moral code or anything that we need to measure ourselves again. Food is just food. And yeah, we can always work to change our eating and to feel more nourished in our relationship with food, but there's no, you know, it thing to measure up to. There's no criticism that needs to be done to get there. And we can also say things, you know, because we, we can like decide, well, I'm never going to diet again. I'm just going to start eating more healthfully. I'm going to eat in balance. You know, I'm going to eat in moderation. But we can still have all this mental chatter and self-judgment and inner criticism happening in our head about what we did right or wrong with food or I'm good or bad. So we can make a declaration like, I'm not going to be this dieter anymore or this, you know, I'm not going to live in the diet culture anymore, but the inner chatter can still perpetuate. So those are things that need to be worked on um, to have that truly nourishing relationship with food. And we also need to look at why it's so important. You know, I just mentioned because it will keep you not feeling good internally and you know even though you're making a declaration to change you're still going to not be feeling inner peace with food that's why it needs to change but the other thing is it will also unconsciously cause you to feel like you need to fix yourself in some way and to fix yourself in some way well then I need to not allow myself this or I need to deprive myself of this thing so basically it's always going to take you back to some sort of restriction in in whatever way and it could literally be restricting food or you're going to crack down on yourself in some other way in your life because you feel like you're not measuring up and a certain way and I need to fix myself. So we're, there's no more fixing ourselves. We're, that's not what we're doing. We're literally instead letting things go so that uh, the truly nourished beings that are already living inside of us can emerge. That's actually what's happening. It's like we're shedding things instead of fixing things. And one of the things we have to shed is the inner critic, the self-judge, the food police in our mind. And, you know, shedding the judgments against yourself that you might be making. And anytime that we restrict ourselves out of negative emotions, you know, like food or body fears, guilt, anxiety, if we start restricting and depriving ourselves 
in food or other areas in our life because of these negative low vibe emotions, it's always going to bounce back in some way to have an opposite effect. So it might take us short term kind of where we want to go, but then in the long term, it's going to cause us to spiral down in some way and not really get to where we want. It's going to put us in that stuck feeling like, oh, it was working and now I feel so stuck and I failed and I blew it and all the things. That's where food policing is going to take you back to. That's where diet mentality is going to take you back to. It's just going to keep you at war with food and your body instead of getting you to your freedom. So these are things that continuously have to be worked on until they're eliminated and gone. And the brain gets reprogrammed. It really does. Like things that feel very who you are right now will go away. Like ways of thinking, ways of feeling that you have right now that feel very strong. Um, And you're like, oh, I could never get over that. Or I could never feel a different way or I, I I can't think a different way it's like you, like you have fears of changing your thinking about food or about your body just trust me it's a process but you can wake up one day and you're like oh my gosh I never even think about that anymore I never even feel that way anymore our our um our minds are made to change they're plastic so to speak you've maybe heard of neuroplasticity so this is what we do in the peace process is we literally change our brains so that we feel better and think differently and have a completely different relationship with food and with our body so that we feel like the truly nourished woman um okay so now moving on to nourishing your soul so we're today we're talking about biology psychology and soul these are the three pillars of feeling like a truly nourished woman. And what you need to look at here is where do you have food fears, food anxieties, body judgments, body fears that stop you from not living your most fulfilling and happy life? Where do you not show up fully or where do you not allow yourself to do certain things or to be a certain person that you really want to be, do, or have, or experience because you have these negative beliefs about your body or anxieties about food that keep you kind of stuck or hiding. Because to have your most nourishing relationship with food and also your most nourishing life, you need to be a fully nourished woman in your whole being and soul and need to be doing the things that you truly desire in your life. And if we are depriving ourselves in any way in our life, it will affect how we relate to food because it can drive us to easily want to turn to food for um, emotional needs to get met. It's kind of like, well, I easily fall into eating because I'm not having my true hungers met in other ways, right? My soul hungers. Um, and not living my most, what I would call your soul aligned life. It's like when you tap into what your heart really, really desires in your life and you know you're not living that, like that's what we would call like soul sucking, right? Or soul depleting. And that is going to make food something that's very um, easy to go to, to kind of comfort yourself. So that's why soul nourishment is so important. Um, but then the other thing is, when we are 
not living from our heart's desires, like our most aligned life for us as a unique individual, we're going to feel more stress and, you know, do more of that stress eating thing to soothe. The other thing that can happen when our soul and spirit is not being optimally nourished is we may use food as a main form of entertainment or pleasure, or we, we might use a lot of negative ways of coping to kind of like get our entertainment and pleasure. Food can be one of them because if your life is feeling deprived and not well-rounded in terms of where you're getting your different satisfactions in life and pleasures from in life, and you're not doing what you really want to be doing or not being who you really want to be being in your heart, you know, maybe working too much or maybe doing some people pleasing when you don't want to be, um, you know, saying yes when you want to say no, all those things, or just afraid to show up in a relationship, you know, maybe with a spouse, you're not, you know, the intimacy is not there because you have body fears, um, not socializing the way you want to be because you maybe have food anxiety about, you know, eating with people or, you know, fears of gaining weight so you don't order the things at restaurants or you fear of you you know all the things that food and body anxieties can do to us to keep us playing small and not living our most fulfilling lives um that's what soul nourishment (laughs) is all about it's like okay we're not gonna do that anymore we're gonna do what we need to do to shift whatever we need to shift so that in terms of the, the the beliefs we have about food, the beliefs we have about our body, so that we can get all the fulfillment we want out of living our lives and not turning to food to fill any hunger that can't be filled by food. So that is what we all need to do in 2024 to have our most nourishing relationship with food and also with ourselves. And these are all things that we do in the peace process so that you can experience the most fulfilling life you want, but also that lasting peace in your relationship with food and feel your best in your body. So open for enrollment. I talk about it every week, but that's what it's here to help you do. This is my program to help you do that. If this is the year you want to finally make peace with your body and with food, if you're ready to break up with the inner food critic and the food police, experience the inner peace. If you want to end like that tiredness, confusion, or questioning about what to eat that's happening, to say goodbye to exhausting mental chatter, taking up space in your head to feel relief, and like, oh, finally find acceptance for yourself. That's all things that we do in the peace process. Um, free up time and energy, basically, to create a life that you love. Because as you know, when you're really caught up with the food and the body stuff, you're not using your time and energy in a way that's really creating your best life. And, you know, that's that whole soul sucking aspect that we can get into that I was definitely in. So these are all things we do in the peace process. So it's all about let's get you to having more energy. Let's get you to feeling good in your body. Let's get you to trusting that I can take great care of myself. It's about, once again, leaving restrictive eating and dieting behind. It's mastering intuitive eating in your life, just meaning allowing your body to be your guide for how to eat, Um, ending emotional eating and binge eating, exploring 
all the things in the mind, the mental chatter, you know, doing that whole mind nourishment piece, starting with the exploration of understanding why do I do what I do with food? And then, of course, we're shifting it. And then with that, the results of feeling more vibrant, having more energy, and just reclaiming your power with food and feeling more empowered in your whole life because of that. That's what we do in the peace process. So once again, enrollment's open at early bird pricing right now. If you want to join, email me or message me on Instagram or Facebook for all the details or to ask your questions. So have a fabulous week. Sending you so much love. Bye-bye. Hello, beautiful listeners. If you enjoyed what you heard on today's episode, if you had some breakthroughs or an aha moment, I would absolutely love to hear what those were. Tag me at Rebecca Laurel Hill on Instagram, or you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me get an idea of what's landing, what you want to hear, and more of what you want to go deeper on so that I can serve you at the highest level. And if you can please share this podcast so that I can help more women, that would mean the world to me. Let's all rise and change this world together by living as truly nourished women. Thank you again for being here. I'll talk to you in the next episode.